the Reds and Angels look pretty similar as they head into this three-game series that'll happen in two days now, thanks to the wonderful weather in Southern California. I'll get you set for this series on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and coming along here shortly, we are going to do a crossover with Locked On Angels. Mike and John Frisch will join me, and we will get you set for this Angels series. Thanks so much for checking out Locked On Reds today. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, bringing you Reds coverage literally every day, Monday through Friday. This is my fifth season doing so. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. And we will be talking some Angels as well, getting the down low on the return of Mike Trout. Going to be looking at some interesting similarities between the Reds and the Angels that I don't really think either team really wants to have similar. And uh, some key, and we'll actually begin with some key young players for both sides. going to be a fun series. Let's uh, jump into the crossover with Lockdown Angels. Well, 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 we got Angel fans in the house. We've got Reds fans in the house. We got our good friend Jeff Carr, and and we're his good friends. The Super Halo Bros over from Lockdown Angels. And if uh, if you're meeting us for the first time and you're watching Lockdown Reds, my name's John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name's Mike, and that's my brother John. And we're so glad to be part of Lockdown Reds, and we're glad to have Jeff here for Lockdown Angels. What's going on, Jeff? And it's good to be back with you guys. I know that the Reds and the Angels have played a grand total of like a football season's worth of games against each other <laughs> in their existence. Right. Yeah. But with this whole balanced schedule, we open up that door a little bit more. So I'm happy to see it. You know what I think a lot of people miss? They say like, hey, attendance is up like 9%, 10% this season. And they're like, well, maybe it's the faster pace of play. Maybe it's more action, stolen bases and singles and stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's because everybody's playing each other at least once this season i mean mike and i before the, all the rain out and stuff like that we were planning on going to angels reds and and catching ellie and those guys like man i want to see those guys play yeah it makes sense too because i mean the way that the you know dh has come to the national league and a, a, as much as you can easily play everyone like the whole two league system and being separate and all this other stuff it just doesn't make sense anymore and yeah. I've heard some Reds fans that are mad about it, but let's be honest. If anybody's mad about the whole balance schedule, it's because we're in the NL Central and we could have been playing a, a lot worse teams. <laughs> <a> lot <better. laughs> hey, yeah. those, those Brewers yeah. just swept the Rangers. So they, I mean, now, not that we're close, but they, they certainly did us a favor yeah. uh, this past weekend. But you're right. Uh, the, the Reds and the Angels, they played 16 games against each other. The Reds have an overall record of 6-10 and 10 against the Angels. Uh, the Reds have a two-game winning streak against the Angels. Last time they played was in 2019. They split a four-game set, uh, or they split games two and two, I should say, uh, with the home team winning all the home games that season. So that's the last time they faced off. It was four years ago, so uh, an exciting series. Hey, and, you know, before this series and before the whole balance schedule happened, when I always think of the Angels, I always think of, well, at least the Reds and the Angels have George Knox in common. Now, he's not, 
you know, actually real. But Angels in the outfield, you got to love the manager there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's not going to work on your immaculate grid. Sorry, friends. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, tell us a little bit about the Reds. I know Ellie De La, yeah. De La Cruz is a guy that everybody's really excited about. And I know Jonathan India is somebody that his name comes up a lot. We hear his name. So give us, uh, Angel fans, give us an idea of the team that we're about to play. So you won't be seeing India in this one. He's out. He's been dealing with plantar fasciitis in his left foot, and he's going to be out. There's some question as to how much of the season he's actually going to get to play when he returns. But Ellie has been amazing, and lots of folks want to harp on the strikeouts, and lots of folks want to harp on this or that when it comes to his game. But when you watch him, he's just so much fun. Mm. He in a moment's notice can take over a game much like a couple of guys that are over there on the angel side. And when you get to see things like the inside the park home run, he had over the weekend it was kind of a little bit of a little league inside the park. It hit off the wall and the blue Jays had no idea what to do with it in the outfield. And then before <laughs> you know it, he's already scored. It took him 15.3 seconds to do that. No red has ever done that. I mean, the reds have been around for I think 150 Two fifty-three years now, and that's the fastest that anyone's ever done an inside the park homer. So wow. it, he's just doing things on a daily basis that you can't not look away. Like you have to watch him whenever he's playing. And you also add into the fact that they've had Matt McLean come up, who as as electric as Ellie has been, Matt McLean has been electrically consistent. He is just very good at getting that clutch hit when you need him to. He is a solid glove. He did make an error the other day, but up until that point, it felt like he didn't know how to make an error. Like he just very solid defensively base running this team as a whole is going to be a problem. It's a problem for any team that they face. And now there are some games where, I mean, if you can get some really good defensive plays, some really awesome throws, you're going to catch the reds because they're overly aggressive mm. and they dare you to make that play. But if you can make the play, you're going to find yourself getting an extra out where you didn't think you could, because they're going to stretch that single into a double. They're going to go first to third on a single to the opposite field, maybe even to, you know, uh, the pool side, if somebody's hitting that way. But I think overall, all the reds are just going to be the kind of team that if you don't make unforced errors on yourself you've got a good chance to beat them that's the biggest reason that they couldn't beat the brewers this year um i know we just mentioned them uh, beating up on the rangers but the brewers just had the reds number all season long hmm. and that's really kind of their next great step as a team. They've got all this talent and they just called up Noel V. Marte, who's another amazing talent, but how does it all come together so far as discipline, strategy, understanding, situational awareness of the game? That's their next step. And there's probably going to be some plays that you're absolutely wowed by. And there's probably going to be some plays where you're just like, okay, I understand why Reds fans are a little bit worried about the playoff chances right now, because we've seen it recently. They haven't been on the best of stretches. It seems like the uh, common denominator between the angels and the Reds is that we're just calling up all of our good guys, all of our young yes. guys, right? So how many, how many of those guys that are called up right now, did you expect to be called up this season? So the only guy, I will say this because I was golfing on Saturday, so I was not ready for this. And whenever they called up Noel V. Marte, it kind of surprised me a little bit. I, he mm. was even a guy that, even if I was looking ahead to next year, I thought maybe they would slow play him. But the fact that they called him up now, I, I, he's uber talented. And he has set the minor leagues on fire uh, with lots of talent, lots of power. 
he's another guy that you're like, okay, he might be a little overly aggressive at the plate and that could probably start to show through, but he's, you know, he got his first hit yesterday was a double his first action on Saturday. He was a pinch runner and he stole third. And like, I don't even know uh, that's just a different level of competitiveness and, and, and athletic talent to be like, yeah, so first time I'm showing up at all, let me steal third, which people don't do a whole lot of. So hi. Uh, but yeah, he is the one dude I think that kind of surprised me. Everybody else. I mean, for the most part, as, as, as much as we love to watch them play, there's a lot of folks that are just like, why don't we call them up sooner? But, mm. uh, Noemi Martez is really the most surprising gonna guess and say or I guess that you would say Nolan Shanuel. Yeah, Nolan Shanuel was a uh, was a very, very big surprise for I us. I love the and aggressiveness though. He he actually I think is a hitter that we need. He reminds me of Luisa Rise with the Miami Marlins and I also love the Zach Neto move from earlier this year because Neto has been not just great offensively, but also incredible defensively. He's really held down our defense and in fact I think they called up Neto just out of frustration because they had Renjifo there and Velasquez there. And they came off of a game where I think Renjifo made a couple of errors and I think they were just done with it. They were, they were tired Mm -hmm. of having somebody over there that didn't know what they were doing. And Neto is just so natural over there. And Shanuel at first base, we talked about this a couple of days ago on our pod that his footwork at first base, you can tell when someone's put a lot of work in, but you can also tell when they're just naturally gifted. And Shanuel is both of those things. Would you say, John? Yeah, absolutely. And he he worked this walk to get on base with the bases loaded for Otani, and that's when he hit the grand slam. And I, I said to Mike and our listeners on Locked On Angels that if that's anybody else in the leadoff spot, it, it was two outs, he whoever's up there gets the third out of the inning. Then Otani comes up the next inning with nobody on. And, right. and that's the difference between the mentality of, of, of Shanuel coming on this team and, and leading off the way that he has in just three games so far. Um, now, before we get to uh, where the Reds are coming into this series, let me just tell your, your locked on everydayers, Jeff, where the angels are coming into this series. They've lost two out of three in their last three series they are 5 and 13 in August. Obviously Otani has been incredible. He's dealt with some fatigue and so he skipped a start, but the guy's missed two games this season. Um and the rest of the team has not been great in terms of of supporting him and 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 doing what they need to do. Now the hope is that they can still get to the postseason somehow, but I don't see that Mike isn't quite sure that's going to happen either. It would have to be an incredible run and Mike Trout might be back for tonight's game, which we're all hoping for. But here's, here's the most important thing, especially for Otani. 46% of pitches thrown to Otani have been in the zone with Trout behind him in the lineup. 40% when he's not behind Otani in the lineup. So there's a huge difference between Trout being behind Otani and guys trying to get Otani out rather than putting him on and having to deal with trout. And so that's going to be uh, an interesting dynamic to watch as we head into this series. Hey, the angels and the reds are at it tonight, six thirty-eight Pacific time. What's that for you, Jeff? Nine thirty-eight. Nine thirty-eight. I'm so sorry. Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gonna take a nap, take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Reed Detmers versus Andrew Abbott. You of course can catch every pitch of the angels and reds hometown broadcast on Sirius XM with the SXM app. 
Just search up Angels or search up Cincinnati Reds. And coming up on Lockdown Angels, as we head into this series, Jeff is going to tell us what we can expect from the Cincinnati Reds. That's coming up in just a minute. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Bird Dogs. Guys, I don't know if you've ever um, felt a pillow uh, when you're walking on your butt, but it feels like <laughs> the absolute most comfortable thing in the world. That's it's, right. It, it, when you put on a pair of Bird Dogs, it's you are ensconced in luxury. We're talking about <laughs> cloud-knit fabric, the kind of moisture-wicking material that didn't really exist until bird dogs put it into a pair of shorts and they make pants too so you know whenever the temperature finally decides to come down i'm not sure when that's going to happen but whenever it does cool down and turn into fall into winter bird dogs will still have you covered but as it's still warm go get yourself a pair of bird dogs today seriously i've never felt anything this comfortable and you can go anywhere with them you could lounge on the couch you could go golf you could go swimming in the same shorts you don't have to take them up you might have to dry them if you go swimming (laughs) bird dogs doesn't stay dry if you get them wet you do have to dry them off it's not like marty mcfly's shoes and back to the future the jacket (laughs) right right? the self your jacket jacket. is now dry (laughs) neither confirm nor deny if bird dogs is working on that technology but you should check them out today go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb and with the locked on mlb uh promo code you can get a nice little hat like i'm wearing here today this white tech hat with the bird dogs logo it's it's a very clean hat and i'm very afraid to wear it where i might get sweaty and i might get it dirty <laughs> but uh check it out today it's uh, birddogs.com slash lockdown mlb thanks for making locked on angels and locked on reds your first listen of the day it's a crossover edition of Locked On Angels and Locked On Reds. And so you've got the Super Halo Bros here, John and Mike Frisch. And you got Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds from Locked On Reds. There you go. Hey, uh, the yeah. Angels, of course, are back at it against the Cincinnati Reds tonight, 638 Pacific Time and 938 Eastern Time for you Locked On Everydayers on Locked On Reds. Now you can catch every pitch of each team's hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels or search Reds. All right, Jeff, we need some information about the team that we're about to play. Are they in a good spot? Are they not in a good spot? Can we hit them? Are we going to be able to hit with runners in scoring position? Probably not. because How are the Angels going to embarrass (laughs) themselves against the Reds this series? Thank you for getting really honest, John. That's really what it's about. (laughs) Jeff, tell us about the Cincinnati Reds. Well, it's ironic you said that the Angels are five and thirteen in the month of August because the Reds are five and twelve in the wow. month of August. They awesome. just have played one less game, so it's it's going to be a battle of two teams that fancy themselves playoff contenders a month ago, and now they're trying to figure out if they are for real in that vein. I know the ALS is a little bit tougher than the NL Central is, but the Reds here recently just got off of a, a tough home stand where they split a weird two game set with the Cleveland guardians. And then they lost two or three to the Toronto blue Jays really felt like they had, and probably should have won the second game against Toronto really felt like they did everything they could do to lose the first game against Cleveland. So this team is so strange because it has figured out ways where in the month of June, where they put together an amazing winning streak and they were just figuring out ways to win. 
kind of feels like they've flipped the script and they're figuring mm-hmm. out ways to lose. They either don't hit, don't pitch. Um, and it's really one or the other. It's not a thing where, although Sunday's game was a lot of not pitching and a lot of not hitting, but there's been games where it's like, okay, they give up eight runs, but they score six. And you're like, if you would have scored six in the first game where you lost two to one, then you would have won. And then, yeah, it's just right. really annoying how they're figuring things out here because starting pitching has started to figure it out a little bit and they just got Hunter Green back. Now Hunter Green's first start back was awful and, and very, very, very bad, but you can chalk it up to a little bit of rust. You can chalk it up to he hasn't pitched in like two and a half months in the major leagues and you could pitch all you want in the minor leagues, but that's not going to help you once you finally get to the bigs. And so you're like, okay, what does this mean? Because the Reds did finally move on from Luke Weaver. They gave a man 22 starts. He put together a six and a half ERA in those 22 starts. And I don't know what we were waiting for there, but finally we figure that spot out. However, (laughs) now with the double header and you're going to see Andrew Abbott in this first game, um, I believe Graham Ashcraft is slated to pitch on uh, one of the games on Wednesday. Going to have to see who they've got going in the other double header part of this because this pitching staff, while it's getting some guys back, still has some questions surrounding it, especially with the bullpen. The bullpen has just been so overused this year, and while it was the strength for the team in the middle of the summer, it has now become the biggest question mark. So when you get past the red starter, that's really where you're going to make your hay, and the biggest thing that has really plagued them hasn't necessarily been giving up the big hits. It's been walking people and Mm. then giving up one big hit, but there's multiple guys on base and the opposing team is able to take advantage of that. So what does this pitching staff do to quell the return of Mike Trout? Cause everybody is worried about that in Reds land. And then how can the lineup then kind of buoy the pitching staff and say, let's get some consistency with it because yes, they did score nine runs in their win against Cleveland, but the rest of the games last week, were all kind of a sludge through to see how many runs they can actually score where in the month of June and July, it was kind of at will. Hmm. Is it just me, Mike, or does everything Jeff just said, Remind you of the angels. <laughs> I, I feel like we could copy and paste, man, because everything you said <laughs> is exactly the struggles of the angels. I would say, and maybe I could ask this question. Do you think that that is just the youth and inexperience with the Reds, or is it something else? I definitely would chalk it up to youth. Um, the the biggest factor for me, and, and people love to you know, put their own theories on this, but you're talking about a team that when Joey Votto's not in the lineup, the most experienced player on this team is Tyler Stevenson. Mm. Like, I mean, Kevin Newman's on the injured list. Uh, Jonathan India is on the injured list. Joey Votto will play against right-handed pitching. Um, it'll be at first base or DH, but now with no LV Marte up and they're probably going to play him every day, if not four out of every five days, then that means the infield is going to probably be all rookies where you've got Christian Encarnacion strand at first base. You've got, uh, Matt McClain at second base, Ellie Dela Cruz at third base and no LV Marte at third or sorry. I think I said third base for two people. Anyway, yes, they're all in the infield. <laughs> So there's going to be those days where they're just dazzling you. And then there's going to be days like they had on Sunday where it was error, error, extra baseman because of the uh, different errors and walks. And all of a sudden they're down by five runs. Mm -hmm. And 
they're trying to figure out how to get back. And us Reds fans are sitting here just like, oh, but this was all part of the plan. This was all supposed to happen anyway. It's just the ebbs and flows of a young team. Well, and I think um, coming into the season, I, I mean, do you feel like you guys have, you know, outperformed the expectations oh, yeah like i mean it's so exciting to see a young team like the reds especially for us who are you know safe and tucked away in the al west far and away from the nl central <laughs> where you know the reds could come to town and beat up the angels every so often but as baseball fans and and being on the outside looking in at the reds it's a really exciting time for you guys and and i think mike would agree too like it's just this is this feels like a whole new generation coming in in just this last year, like between the Orioles and the Reds and just all of these exciting young talents coming up through the league. It's a really exciting time to be a baseball fan. So while we are not fans of the Reds uh, today and tomorrow, Mike and I will be fans of the Reds uh, for the remainder of the season. All right, Jeff, we want to let your Locked On Everydayers know at Locked On Reds who they're facing this week. And so, Mike, you've Gotta got some uh, you've got some rundowns here. So why don't you go through that? And then, Jeff, you you fire away at everything that you need to know about the Halos. So, Mike, why don't you start us out here? Jeff, you should be really excited that you're playing the Angels when you're playing them right now because this <laughs> team has been so good at helping other teams be so good. On paper, this team at the beginning of the year looked like a playoff team, especially compared to last year. Last year, they gave 1,800 plate appearances to people that would – not qualify as an average major league baseball hitter. And yeah, so sub uh, OPS plus of a hundred. So they were all under a hundred, right? whether it was weighted runs created plus or OPS plus all under a hundred last year. So our GM goes out and he gets a lot of depth, which is definitely needed. And then injuries just hammered this team. In fact, 18 of our opening day roster players have spent time in the IL. And so this team has tried as hard as they can to stay healthy. And even when they brought up somebody like a Zach Neto, he even went down with a back injury. And so it's just been who can play today and who can go today. And, and our bench guys that we relied on last year have been thrown back in again, which is part of the reason why the Angels have really, really struggled. Both of our highest paid players, Trout and Rendon, have spent time on the IL. I think Rendon, Johnny, is starting to become maybe a, a bad word in Anaheim. Oh, Would you yeah. agree? 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, you, you think after two years of injuries, you're like, man, just so unfortunate. And, and now here we are in year three. And, and the problem is, is that the Angels – are a better team when he's on yep. the field, when he's in the lineup and, and his bat is in there. Maybe not as great as he's been when he was on the field in the last two years, which was very minimal time, but having him in that lineup changes the whole complexion of the angels, but he's just not been there. And it's, right. it's, and here's the thing. It's freak injury after freak injury after freak injury. Nothing this guy can control but there's starting to be a an, an attitude problem, Mike, would you say? Mm -hmm. Like just the way he interacts with the media and it's yeah. all a big joke to him. And that's probably just his personality. But man, it's frustrating as Angels yeah. fans. Yeah, he uh, actually said to Sam Blum recently, who is an Angel beat writer, uh, when Sam tried to get an interview, he just walked by and he said, I'm on the dead list. You can't talk to me. And, and then walked out. And again, I think everything is kind of like, ha ha, folksy, you know finger guns right and and yet <laughs> the fans are like 
It's not funny anymore, bro. And the issue that we've really struggled with is runners in scoring position. Everything that you mentioned in the last segment about the Reds, the Angels have done. They also haven't hit with runners in scoring position. And Rendon, when he's in the lineup, for whatever reason, they're actually a whole lot better. But him being out has made them a whole lot worse. Now, they did get Mike Moustakis, and Moustakis has actually played that veteran role that the Angels needed offensively and defensively. In fact, Johnny, the stat I think was that he has hit four three-run home runs, and I think I think three of them have given the Angels the lead in the seventh inning or later. That's right, and I think he's got, uh, I think, five out of six home runs, yeah, have either tied the game or yeah. put mm-hmm. them ahead, which is really incredible. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's had a little bit of a renaissance here in Anaheim. Um, it sorry would have been they, nice had he done that in right. season. <laughs> um, but, right, red. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure you've got questions <laughs> – for us and and maybe Reds fans are wondering what the heck is wrong with the Angels. So you speak on behalf of your your listeners and viewers and ask away. It's 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 ironic to see Moose again because we did see him when he was in Colorado as well. The Reds yeah. DFA'd him very early on in the season. They these last couple of years it's been intriguing to me that they've cut ties with guys like that. But just get ready, probably means Moose is going to hit another homer or two in the series he did so for the Rockies. Um <laughs> So looking at that's going to be kind of interesting to me. I think that you know with Trout returning, you're you're now got your your lineup, um, your lineup protection for Shohei Otani. Like when you look at the other half of the lineup, obviously Otani is going to be the big bopper there in the top mm-hmm. half. Bottom half of the lineup, who's the most dangerous guy? Oh man, I mean it's supposed to be Renfro, but okay. he he has not hit with runners in scoring position this season and so yeah looking down that lineup i mean moniac has kind of been in the middle of the order uh for a while that might change with trout coming back he might drop a little bit lower i think they really like shanuel leading off and so that might stick uh especially the way that he gets on base uh but yeah mike who do you think is a threat past you know number four in the lineup I would say Randall Gritchuk because he has been terrible since we got him. And, and so is CJ Crone. Now he's on the IL. Remember I mentioned injuries. Uh, he's yeah. on the IL as well. And so, uh, but Gritchuk is starting to heat up a bit. And I think that you'll, you're going to see maybe that bat heat up in this series. Plus defensively, he's robbed a home run. He's made some diving plays, which is a dramatic difference between him and Taylor Ward. Ward is out for the year. got hit in the face, unfortunately. And Ward offensively is pretty good, but defensively, he plays it safe and Gritchuk doesn't play it safe. And what we've seen recently is that he is somebody that will go for that ball, make the dive, jump over the wall, those types of things. But with the bat, I think that he might be somebody in the bottom of this lineup. you got to be really, really careful with. That's an interesting thing because two of those names, Gritchuk and Renfro, the Reds are used to seeing in different uniforms. Mm-hmm. Between Renfro with the Brewers and Gritchuk with the uh, Cardinals once upon a time. I know he's been in Toronto for a minute there, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Reds pitching is able to kind of navigate the lineup. But with this first game coming up, Reed Detmers, I mean, dude really loves to throw no hitters every so often. So <laughs> what should we be expecting opposite Andrew Abbott, which it's going to be a rookie and Abbott on the mound too. You know, Detmers succeeds when he's not trying to throw uh, a really hard slider. He's 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 upped his fastball velocity this season. And his slider was also up in velocity to start the season, but he's found that if he can separate those speeds more, he gets a lot of swings and misses and and gets a lot of strikeouts. Mike and I took issue with the fact that because he was struggling, 
the coaching decided to try and see if he could work more uh, pitch to contact stuff. But if, if you look at his baseball savant page, everything is, hey, he succeeds with swing and miss and whiff rate and strikeout rate. But if hitters make contact against him, all of those numbers are to the left and, and blue on baseball savant because they make really good contact. So Detmers is going to need to induce swings and misses. And if the Reds are going to have success against him, it's all about making contact against Detmers. That's going to be an interesting matchup for me. And and then whenever the Reds get into the the Angels bullpen, it's it's something that here recently they've tried to up their patience, but it feels like if they're down by multiple runs, the Reds have kind of a overly aggressive approach. They're trying mm-hmm. to get back and, and and I always say, you know, they're not trying to get that one hit. They're trying to make up the gap with the playoff race with one swing and it's just mm. like you can't do that. They get a little bit overly aggressive. Has the bullpen been very swing and miss or is it what what's its what's its MO for the Angels? The bullpen has been very hit and miss and so if you actually <laughs> get Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez and Carlos Estevez in that order, it means the Angels are up and they're actually going to be really good. But then when you see like when the angels are struggling, it's when they are not getting those swings and misses, especially Carlos Estevez. He is high in the strike zone. And if his fastball is spotted, well, he'll do well, but he has really struggled, especially in this month. His ERA is over 14. He's really, really struggled. And so it just depends on, I guess the day and depends on their mood. That's really what it's been with this bullpen. You're just not sure what you're going to get. Either it's fantastic and you're celebrating or you're putting your head on your forehead going oh this is happening again (laughs) well hey this is a a really fun crossover um we're so glad to be part of locked on reds and thanks for coming over to locked on angels and we'll see how it goes i mean look like i would love to see our halos be successful but i i do want to continue to root for the reds because they are just a fun team to watch so jeff thank you for being here on locked on angels thanks for having us on locked on reds Absolutely. And looking forward to interacting on Twitter because I know that Reds country is going to be kind of sleepy for some of these games. So it's going uh, <laughs> to be fun uh, just kind of tweeting about the games with you guys. Love it. Really enjoyed getting the chance to talk with John and Mike. They've got a great show if you want to keep up with Angels coverage and what's going on with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout all year long. They're here every single day giving you Angels coverage just like I'm here every day giving you Reds coverage. But that'll do it for us here today. Before we get out of here, wanted to remind you one more time. You can catch every pitch of the Reds and Angels hometown broadcasts with Sirius XM. Just search the word Angels or reds but that'll do it for us here today thanks for making us your first listen every day every day is coming up on tomorrow's show got a very interesting thought about noel v Marte and how it pertains to jonathan india hope you join me i'll see you tomorrow because we'll be locked on reds every single day